This is the Back Row Bengals Sports Podcast. I am your host, Josh Miller. You can find me all over the place. You can find me at the Degenerate L1 on Twitter. You can find my blogs on uh, www.thecollegeessentialblog. Uh, that is for your gambling needs. You can find me at Barstool Cincinnati if you want to look at some more Bearcats and on-campus things. But right now, we're going to be talking about the Bengals. Um, second episode, and we are going to reveal who the special guest is next week. Really excited, but we're going to wait till the end of the show to do that. We're going to wait till the end of the show. Today, I really want to talk defense. I went heavy offense last time because I was talking about Joe Burrow and uh, just the the wrongness of the opinion that he has an average arm because he just he just doesn't. He just doesn't. You can't go out and have the stats that he had. And have and and have an average arm. It doesn't make any sense. He blew everybody out of the water in terms of yards, uh, ever in the existence of college football. It's it's insane. Anyway, I digress. I really want to get to uh, the linebackers because uh, my goodness, the Bengals took three linebackers in the draft and picked one off of uh, a signed one undrafted and then we also uh signed josh Bynes, who has played 101 games he's got a super bowl under him uh so that's leadership right there and then they really pick up a lot of speed that's what i want to emphasize the Bengals last year one of their main deficiencies they had two main deficiencies of how bad they really were that really killed them and it was going it's really it's uh speed and it was tackling they just didn't have either. They didn't have either. You watch uh, the Ravens game. The, the Lamar Jackson ran right through him like the, it was a senior going against the JV team. It, it, it honestly, it was it was embarrassing to watch. watch look at the uh, San Francisco 40. Hell, look at most of the games that the Bengals played. San Francisco 49ers, that was a horrible game to watch. We were favored in that game, by the way, might I add. We were favored. I think we were minus three and a half, I think, but I digress. So I was pretty apparent that the Bengals had to go linebacker and traditionally the Bengals front office does not draft linebackers and if they do they draft them very late they just don't put that position on the highest pedestal they usually do uh, D lineman first they're big D line at the uh, in Cincinnati which is great which is great but if your linebackers can't help out the defensive line uh, and they can't cover long enough for you know one two seconds and then they can't keep the quarterback in the pocket now. The D-line is, is useless. It's, it's useless. They just got to get past the first line of defense, and they're gone. That's it. So the Bengals finally realized that. And you're seeing, and I don't understand this anymore. People are saying, like, they don't want Joe Burrow to go to this god-awful franchise. They don't want to go him to be ruined by a franchise that doesn't put everything into winning. Well, we just had our biggest free agency offseason ever. Had our biggest. And then really attacked... The deficiencies of the team. You could tell the Bengals really went after the deficiencies of the team. Now, however you feel about the offensive line or not, we'll talk about that later. Um, that's up. That's he, neither here nor there. But when we're talking about the linebackers, they got three of them in the draft. And I got to tell you, when looking at the season, um, it was very clear that the linebacking position was probably our worst deficiency. It was probably it was a lot worse than our offensive line. Now I understand our offensive line wasn't great, but it really wasn't that bad. After the game in London, when the offensive line came back, they really started to play well. They started to play together. But also on top of that, the Bengals are going to have forty percent different offensive line. Forty percent. This is not including if they go out and get Larry Warford, and if they do that, 
that's that's most of your offensive line is going to be different. So I didn't see a reason why the Bengals should have really gone after offensive line really early, except if they wanted to go second round and just get an absolute stud. Now, they, instead, they go T. Higgins, and honestly, I think that's the correct pick. Let's surround Joe Burrow with as many weapons as we possibly can. This offense is going to be deadly. you got A.J. Green on one side, Tyler Boyd next to him. You have T. Higgins on the left. you still got John Ross that can still be a deep threat. Even though he's not the greatest receiver ever, cornerbacks still have to worry about him. They still have to worry about him. Uh, I'm getting off track. Um, we're going to talk wide receivers uh, within the next coming episodes, but I still want to stick on the linebacking position. So, obviously, like I said, the two deficiencies that they had is they couldn't tackle and they couldn't keep up. Now, now, so what the Bengals decided to do is they went for speed. They went to a guy out of Wyoming who was said to be the, a, an easy second rounder. Easy second rounder. And he goes into college as, I think he was a 190-pound corner. And he's leaving college a 240-pound linebacker. I believe those are the numbers. I may be wrong. But he went in as a cornerback. He was just so... He was recruited for his speed. How fast he was. How fast he flew to the ball. That's one of the things that the Bengals were missing. He, they, they don't fly to the ball. And I don't think that's an effort thing. I think that's a talent thing. I just... I don't think Jordan Evans... I don't think Jermaine Pratt just had the speed, had the agility, and had the you know, physicality to actually follow their receivers or you know put Lamar Jackson in the ground, a running quarterback. They just didn't have it. So now they're going to bring in Logan Wilson, who is known for his speed and known for, known for his technique on tackling. Let me read his stats here from college. This is his college stats here. He's had 421 tackles, 35 for a loss. That's huge. That's huge. I believe he had six picks. He had four defensive touchdowns. He's all over the field. He was the anchor of that Wyoming defense, which was very good. The Wyoming defense was very good. Now, obviously, a lot of people are going to say, you're going to be tackling people who are not in the Mountain West. You're going to be tackling SEC guys, ACC guys, Big Ten guys. But what I say to that is, is just... He is built like that. That's how he's built. He went to Wyoming because that was just kind of his family tradition. They go to Wyoming. He it, it meant something to him. It was just like me if I was a D1 athlete, which I was in lacrosse, but UC doesn't have it. If I was a D1 athlete in football, I'd probably go into UC just because, you know, that home aspect, especially what Luke Fickle sell on here. So but he did that, and he's still round three. He was a third rounder. He was the first pick in the third round. Imagine if he did go to a Big Ten school. Now, maybe, again, maybe he doesn't uh, develop like he did at Wyoming. Maybe he doesn't get the time that he did at Wyoming. But, I mean, the or or he's even higher. He's a first-rounder. He's a second-rounder. And they said that he was going to be a second-rounder. Absolutely stud of a player. And the Bengals actually attacked a deficiency. They drafted a linebacker pretty damn high. They did you got to give them credit for it. And the national narrative is that the Bengals don't do anything. They don't buy into winning. They don't, I mean, they don't draft very well. Well, they just did. They just did. They made their defense a hell of a lot better by adding three linebackers. One of them is probably going to start this year. The other two, there's a chance that they start, and they're both definitely going to get snaps. And we're going to get to them later. But I'm telling you, Logan Wilson is the real deal. Al Golden, the linebackers coach for Cincinnati, has a vision. And I think that's what the Bengals are doing right now. They're not selling the team now like 
Uh, I'll give you an example. So right now the Chiefs are going out and still getting guys in free agency. Now they're not getting everybody because they're close to the cap, but they're still going out and, and getting free agency guys. What they're selling to the free agency guys to get them to come to Kansas City, because again it's a small market team. It's not New York. It's not LA. It's not you know. It, it's not San Francisco. It's a small market team. It is. So what they're selling is. The team right now, this team right now, now personally, I think the Chiefs are going to be the next dynasty. Mark my words. But they're selling the team now. This team is really good. This team is going to be a Super Bowl contender. We're, we're going to go to the Super Bowl and, and within the next two or three years. That, that's what they're selling. They're selling this right now. Uh, maybe not in the next one to two years. One to two years. What the Bengals are doing right now is they're selling a vision. They're selling a vision of what we are going to be. And that includes Joe Burrow. That includes T. Higgins. And now this includes Logan Wilson, Akeem Davis Gaither, and it includes Marcus Bailey. It includes all three of them. And I got to say, I bet you Marcel Spears, the Iowa State uh, undrafted free agent, I bet he's going to get some snaps in. He Marcel Spears had 272 tackles, 24 and a half tackles for a loss, and six sacks. And he's doing this in the Big 12. He's doing this with Iowa State. So, I mean, he's making noise. Now, whether he had a good combine or not, what other scouts are seeing, I mean, that's neither here nor there. We haven't seen him yet. We haven't really dove deep into Marcel Spears. But, uh, I mean, we're going to right now. It's just, I'm, they just went after the linebacking core. Now, that being said, the linebacking core is going to be very, very young. Very young. But I am expecting a lot out of them. I'm expecting them to play up to the level that they should. They got to develop, and they got to develop quickly. Logan Wilson is going to be out there day one. He's going to be a day one starter. I think he's that good. That that's personally, in, in my personal opinion, I think Logan Wilson is that good. I think he is that much better than uh, our current linebackers right now. I think he's just going to be out there. He's fat. He's just provides something different that we haven't had. He's fast. He can keep up with slant routes. He can keep up with the slot receiver. He can contain a running quarterback. He can contain a running quarterback. One of the things that the Bengals definitely drafted for was one thing, stop Lamar. That is the reason why they got three linebackers. And they got uh, Khalid Kareem that's coming off the edge, who I think is also going to be very good. I think he's going to be a very low-key, low-key, like sneak in there, definitely make the team. Um, and then and then work his way through in the preseason, and then gets a couple snaps, kind of like Carl Lawson did. But however, I need we need Carl Lawson to really step it up this year. Anyway, um, so back to the linebackers. Uh, Logan Wilson, really very good. Let's let's move on to Akeem Davis Gaither. He's coming out of App State. He was an absolute monster when he was in Appal- App- Appalachian, and um, he he they're saying that this guy that the reason he wasn't looked up you know so well like he was a fourth rounder uh was because that honestly he's coming from appalachian state actually is he a fourth rounder i need to take a look at that let me make sure let me make sure hold on real quick okay okay i was right i was right on that one um yeah he, he was a fourth rounder uh really just again fast guy can tackle Technique-wise, very good. They're selling the vision of the defense. With the signing now of Trey Waynes and Von Bell, and now DJ Reader, who is an absolute baller, i got to tell you, he might be one of those guys 
that can just change the defense by just being out there. I mean, that there's guys like Nick Bosa, there's guys like uh, T.J. Watt that just change your defense just by them being there. I think D.J. Reader wants to be that, but he was overshadowed in Houston uh, with uh, J.J. Watt and then Jadavion Clowney uh, before he left to Seattle. I mean, now, but I think D.J. Reader's like, all right, this is my time to shine. I can be the star of this defense. I could lead a pretty damn good defensive line with Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap and now Kyle Kareem. I can't wait. It's it's really going to be quite something. Uh, King Davis came there. Again, people are thinking that he should have absolutely been selected in the third round. So the Bengals got another another pick that should have been taken in the round pre- prior. So they're getting exactly what they wanted. I believe that the Bengals, the Bengals draft board got exactly what they expected. I think that was just, that. this is what we're going to have. Now, I think if Josh Brown was there in the third round, they would take him instead of Logan Wilson. Sure. But, I mean, he was gone by then, and they t- and they take Logan Wilson, which, again, I believe is a great pick. I think I think this kid has a chance to be something really special in the NFL. And, again, Akeem Davis gave there. Fast, tempo, intensity. This is what we have missed on the Bengals' defensive side of the ball. They've missed this. This is something that they need. So Akeem Davis gave there actually comes out, and he, and he, and he, he really does change the, your defense by being – you know, it, with now him being able to cover up a receiver, and now we don't have to rely so much on our corners, and the corners can just now focus on one receiver or focus on their zone instead of cleaning up where the linebackers can't play. The linebackers, I, I'm sorry, Nick Vigil could not keep up with the receivers. He can't. He can't. Especially in this day and age in the NFL. And I like Nick Vigil. I think he was a good player. But he's just not fast enough. He's not good enough. He's not. He's a good second-string guy. He's a good third-string guy. He's not a starter. And I'm sorry if you think he was. I, I highly suggest he wasn't. So then let's go to the third linebacker that we drafted, Marcus Bailey out of Purdue. Marcus Bailey tore his ACL in his, uh, his senior year. He was not able to play. And we got him in the very last round of the draft. And I got to say, people are saying that if he plays his senior year, He's a third rounder. People are saying he is the home run pick of the draft. This it's him. Like he's going to be the guy that's just going to be better than everybody else who was drafted in front of him. Now, I'm all bored with that. I'm all on board with that. I need to see it. That is really hard to miss a year of football with a torn ACL. This is one of the reasons why I was kind of down on Tua. Uh, I mean, his hip injury, it, I mean, you know, he did come back. Yeah, he wasn't 100%. He he wasn't and honestly, if, if you think about it, if let's just say we draft Tua, let's just say we do, and he gets a hip injury in practice or in the first game or in the fifth game or in the eighth game, our rebuild is shot. Coming back from a hip injury that serious is, is hard to do. Coming back from tearing both of your ACLs in college is not an easy thing to do. Do I want him to see? Uh, do I want to see him succeed? Hell yes! I want to be the best linebacker that he can be. But they're saying he's the he's the best of the draft, and if he doesn't tear his ACL, then he's a third. He's a second or third rounder. Now he had two. He had a huge pick against Ohio State. I think he had two of them. One of them returned for a touchdown, which was great for me because I do not like Ohio State. Sorry if you're an Ohio State fan. That's also a Bengals fan. I personally am not. 
Um, so Marcus Bailey again, you're gonna see him get some snaps. He's fast. He can keep. He can keep up. He's a menace in the passing game. And he doesn't. And the thing is, he, when he runs, he doesn't look fast. But he's deceivingly fast. He's deceivingly very good at staying in his zone. If you watch his highlight tape, you look at a lot of his. A lot of his advantage comes with him being very good at positioning. He's very good at putting himself in a good position. And he, he's gotten a lot of picks off of that. He's able to read quarterbacks. His decision-making is very good. Now, can he keep up with the NFL? I don't know. Not playing a whole year is really hard. But he still got drafted. So, I mean, that's saying something. If you can't, if you don't play a full year and you still get drafted, that that's saying something. That's, that it really is. So now, okay, so now we drafted Logan Wilson. We drafted Akeem Davis-Gaither. And we drafted Marcus Bailey. And then we signed Marcel Spears. Four rookies at the linebacking core. That linebacker room looks quite different than what it did. And then also, I mean, also with a free agent signing, we got Josh Bynes, who's, who's played 101 games, a veteran. He's got a Super Bowl ring. Uh, he could come in, and they're, I think what they're trying to do is they're tr- well. They they're trying to shape their linebacking core for the future. It is. They're like I said. They're selling a vision. They're selling this vision. We're going to be the best. We're going to be what Kansas City is right now. We're going to have the best offense. We're going to have the fastest defense. They're selling a vision. They think these three guys, Logan Wilson, Akeem Davis, Gaither, and Marcus Bailey, are the future. And they think Marcel Spears is the future. And they're bringing in Josh Bynes to bring them together. To show them how to be an NFL linebacker. Because he's done it before. He knows what it's like to be on a successful team. He knows what it's like to be on a Super Bowl team. That's huge. By the way, all three of these guys, captains. I think that's big. That is a big thing that not a lot of people take into consideration. Is being a leader. Being different in the locker room. Being a positive influence in the locker room and not a distraction. Having that is massive. Guys that are all for the team. The linebacking core is going to be they they went from a, a, the, our worst deficiency on our team to our one of our pro, most promising there's most promising it's really going to be promising now if they go out and, and and stink it up this year okay but you can't really fault the Bengals for that they went out and, and they and they drafted and they signed to their defense they went right at their defense they're they're going to have probably have eight new starters eight that's incredible and I can't wait to see it. So that's my thing on the linebacking core. Um, I got one more thing um, that it has been going around. And the Bengals put out, or not the Bengals, I believe it was the Athletic put out a, a survey of what they want to see the Bengals uh, organization do. Uh, one of them was like paint the seats orange and black, which would be gross. Uh, another one would be was an alternate... Uh, uniform or, or another uniform throwback, whatever. Uh, I forget what the other one was, but the main one was Ring of Honor. A Ring of Honor or a Hall of Fame, something of that. And that overwhelmingly was the winner, and that's anybody could say that. We are missing, the Bengals organization is missing the point with a Ring of Honor or a Hall of Fame. It's not about. The or it's it's not about 
like players thinking they can come back and, and, and nostalgia. It's not a for the organization. It's for the fans. It's for the players that have wanted to come, who, that have came to Cincinnati and left it in a lot better spot than when they started. Why shouldn't they be thanked for that? Why shouldn't they have any sort of reward for that? Does that not boost morale? Doesn't that not? One of the one of the visions that the Bengals should really be selling is you could be a hero here. You could be the hero. Because again, if you go to if you go to the Chiefs or you go to San Francisco right now, you yeah, you could be you could be a you could be a role player. Here you could be a hero. You could be one of our best. So how do you do that? You make a ring of honor. You make people want to play there. People realize that like if they sell out for your organization, their memories and their, or their you know actions are going to be recognized for years to come. They're going to be a legend. I, I don't get it. This isn't easy. This is easy. This is an easy thing to do. Also, on top of that, our sides of the stadium, like it, it, it's just gray. It's gray. It's disgusting. Put something there. I, Put something there. Why would you not? Why would you not want to look up and see, um, you know, a name from the past? How about Chad Ochocinco? Chad Johnson? I mean, I, I don't know what they would put up there. I would love for them to put up Ochocinco instead of Johnson, but I don't. I think they're going to do Johnson. If they ever do it, which I think, honestly, I think the organization is, be, is coming over under fire for this, and I think they actually, like, are going to put this in within the next five or six years. I think when Paul Brown finally gives up the reins completely, which you're already seeing it, he let uh, Duke Tobin really like kind of take control uh, of this draft. It, it's taking control of a lot of things. Uh, the social media team has killed it. It's killed it. Uh, Katie Blackburn, uh, and it's, in, it's going to be interesting. But the Bengals are going to start, they're going to have to build off a of nostalgia. They are. They are. I mean, the Bengals have been in the league for, uh, I believe, 52 years now, 52. They had just had the Bengals 50, uh, t I believe that was two years ago. Yeah, that sounds about right, two years ago. Yeah, because I, I was a freshman in college. I was a freshman, so yeah, that had to be two years ago. But why can't they just do that all, all the... Why can't they do that every year? Why can't they do that every year? And instead of Ken Riley uh, coming out and, you know... Being out there with you know the Bengals fifty, why couldn't has his number be raised? He's fifth all time in interceptions, still is. The four guys in front of him are in the Hall of Fame, and the guy behind him's in the Hall of Fame, but the Rattler's not. And it starts with the organization. If your organization does not think you're valuable enough to put on their stadium, why should Canton? It starts there. Now. There's a lot of hearsay about what Canton does with Cincinnati and how they there's kind of a conspiracy against Cincinnati. I personally don't know, but what I do personally know is that if your team doesn't like um, does, doesn't like your player enough to put him on your stadium, Canton's not either. It's got to start at the base. It really does. You want to put more Bengals in there. Hold him up to a higher standard. Or hold him up to a, a higher pedestal. Pedestal, that's what I'm trying to say. Put him up on a higher pedestal. Put him, treat them like they're the greatest in the NFL. 
You have to do that with a small market team. You're not going to get players to come here just because they want to come to Cincinnati. You're going to get some players like that. You're not going to get all of them. There are some players that are going to want to go to San Francisco just so they can go to San Francisco. There's teams that want to go to... Uh, that want to go to Miami because it's Miami. Well, even though they organize, yeah, that's a that's a bad example. Let's do uh, let's do uh, New England, New England. People want to go are going to want to go to New England because it's because it's the Patriots because they got a chance to win a Super Bowl. Now maybe not so much. They're just going to throw Jared Stidham in there. Just get in there. I don't know how that's going to work. Anyway, um, I I just I think this is a no brainer. The, you have to do this. I mean, you had the all-time lowest fan attendance in, in your history last year. You really, you got to do some stuff to bring him back. Now, the, you signing a lot of free agents and drafting very well, there's a start. But now it's time to it's time to keep going. You you can't stop here. This is this is not the stop. You have to keep doing this. You have to keep showing that the to the fans that you want to win. You have to keep doing it. If I had personally had my uh, ring of honor, I'm trying to do. I, I was looking. I'm trying to do one from each. You know, I, I'm trying to split it up a couple decades in, in eras. So I got Anthony Munoz. I think that's a no-brainer. He's he's the only Bengal really that's in the Hall of Fame. I guess you can call count To, but he didn't go in as a Bengal. I think he went in as a Niner. Um, Ken Riley, I think you have to. I, I think you have to. He, he's he's fifth all time in interceptions. He he was an incredible player. Um, just recently passed away. It was you know hard to hear that. Um, but I I, I think you have to. Uh, this is me personally. I'm, I'm gonna put Chad Johnson. I I gotta put Chad in there for what he's done to the Cincinnati Bengals. It is incredible. It's not only just him being a player. He he made. Uh, I th- I think Mo Egger said this when I was listening to him. He made being a Cincinnati Bengal cool again. He did. His social media presence and his presence as a player really helped out. Really, you know, helped the Bengals come out of the '90s. He was one of the players that helped the Bengals get out of the '90s. He really was. You know, I, I think him and Marvin Lewis really helped the organization right it's what you know right the ship and then i think i, I think you got to go kenny anderson i i, I think you got to go kenny anderson brass to super bowl that's without a doubt you think kenny again is another guy that people are saying should be in the hall of fame and maybe one day will be in the hall of fame but really really wish you could the the, the quarterback out of augustana yeah who knows that when you go to your bengals you know when you talk to your friend who's also a Bengals fan, hit him with this. Where did Ken Anderson go to college? Hit him with it. I want to see, and see what they say. The answer is Augustana. Augustana. I don't even know where that's at. I have to look that up. So, and then for my last guy, I, I, I got a tie. I got Sam Weish and Dave Lappin. I think Lapp, you could put him in for not only being a great player, but also what he's done for the organization now as as a broadcaster, as a, a news rep. Um, also, all, all around great guy. Super involved in the community. Uh, very nice. Uh, I, I think I think he definitely deserves to be in there. It was on the bank. It was on the, I believe he was on the Super Bowl team. Yeah, he was because he was in the Freezer Bowl. And he said that he still can't feel some of his fingers from that game. 
some parts of his finger in that nuts. How cold was that game if you still can't feel some of your fingers? That's ridiculous. So, and then Sam Weish obviously what brought us to uh, another Super Bowl. Probably should have had the Super Bowl. Uh, one, it's all right. Don't need to worry about that. Uh, but, uh, you know, do you don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati, the greatest line in sports history, I believe. Uh, he was he was a new guy. He was new on the scene, and he took us to a Super Bowl. I think uh, you can also throw Forrest Gregg into this. I mean, we've only had two Super Bowl teams, and both of them lost. So I mean, you got to really pick and choose with that. So I I mean, I, I would either go Sam Weish uh, or Dave Lapham on the on my fifth. I I think he honestly he definitely deserves to be in there. It, if not for his playing, for his broadcasting, he's. One of my favorite things to do is listen to uh, the SoundCloud of Dan Horde and, uh, and and listen to him and Lap uh, do a call. One of my favorites is when the Packers came to Cincinnati. I was actually in the stadium for this game, and uh, the Packers went for it on fourth down. And if they got the fourth, they, if they got the first down, the game was over. I believe they were up by four. Yeah, I believe they were up by four. So the Bengals needed to drive down and get a touchdown. And uh, they hand the ball off to, oh, shoot. Who was the Green Bay running back? Uh, it doesn't matter. And they fumbled, and they fumbled the ball on the run, and uh, uh, Bengals picked it up and take it, fumble it again, and then the Bengals pick it up again and, and take it all the way down and score a touchdown. You know, I, I'm going to say Taylor Mays might be in the ring of honor too. He was, he was damn good. Taylor Mays. You know, honestly, who I think really, really uh, deserves more credit than what he gets is Leon Hall. I think Leon Hall was the toughest Bengal I've ever seen. And, and I, I talked to my uh, dad a lot about the Bengals. He's a huge Bengals fan. He's been a Bengals fan his whole life. I said, like, who was the toughest guy in the NF, in the on the Bengals to ever play? He says Leon Hall is right up there. He tore uh, both of his Achilles and, like, was back within, like, five or six games. Dude played through injury, and you got to really respect that. All right, so that's that's basically my spiel for today. It was about thirty minutes. Oof, it was uh, it was a good conversation uh, with myself, I guess. Uh, love all you. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Oh, that's right. So I put out a poll. I am having a special guest next week for next Tuesday's episode. I put out a poll to see if anybody could uh, just pick who it is. I had uh, Dan Horde up there, T. Higgins, uh, Kenny Anderson, and um, uh, uh, shoot, I forget my fourth guy. But anyway, it's not the fourth guy. I am going to interview Dan Horde, the voice of the Cincinnati Bengals, the guy that has really got me into podcasting and broadcasting. I am so excited to be able to talk with him. Dude's an all-time legend, hero of mine. I've been listening to him ever since... Uh, Ever since I started watching any sort of Cincinnati sports, he's all over the place. Uh, great, all around great guy. Uh, for him to agree to do, you know, a podcast show that's as small as this, but uh, really excited. Uh, Going to talk to him on Monday. It should be out on Tuesday. So, well, thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Hootay, go Bengals! I will see you guys Tuesday with Dan Horde. Bye.